welcome back to yet another edition of Behind the Lens. I can't believe April is almost over. Welcome. I am Debbie Elias, film critic, creator, and host of Behind the Lens. You can read my movie reviews and interviews in print and online in the U.S. and abroad 24-7. But every Monday, I am right here live on Adrenaline Radio, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And I understand it is 1 p.m. in the Midwest region. Um, and that is for the benefit of one of our special guests today, Kelly Pratt. Um, speaking of special guests today, this is one of my fa- most favorite shows of the year every year. It is our annual pre-TCM Classic Film Festival show. And as in the past, some very special guests will be calling in uh, probably between the quarter and uh, half hour mark of the show. Uh, Kelly Pratt, these are incredible classic movie mavens. Kelly Pratt, Aurora Desmond, Kristen Lopez, and... We forgot. We forgot to invite her, and I feel so bad. So if she's listening now, Paula Guthat. Paula is the founder of hashtag TCM Party and at TCM underline Party on Twitter. So, Paula, if you are listening, feel free to join in and call us as well. 800-405-6425. I gave the right number, didn't I, Pam? Okay, Pam's nodding up and down. Um, it, it occurred to Kelly and I both this morning, oh, my God, we forgot to invite Paula. Um, so if you're listening, Paula, feel free to join in. But uh, these are all classic movie mavens. They live for classic film. I wish I could spend more time with classic film uh, and do everything. But I'm thrilled that they're here, going to be joining us, uh, calling in today. And then I'm going to see all these lovely ladies come Wednesday when they are all in town for the TCM Classic Film Festival. Aurora is actually here now, so we're going to check in with her uh, and find out how she's navigating Hollywood because the other big event this week, tonight, the premiere of Avengers Infinity War. Um, It opens on Friday in theaters everywhere. Press have not seen the film. I just want you to know that. Everyone thinks that press gets to see everything well in advance. We had the press junket this weekend. We did not get to see the film. Uh, The first viewing of the film will be at the premiere tonight. uh, And then there are some press screenings this week. So I am dying to see this, uh, especially after yesterday's junket where we had 24, 24 legends from the Marvel Cinematic Universe all on one stage. Uh, and, of course, giving very cleverly crafted answers to questions, considering no one had seen the film, nor had they seen the film. Uh, so nobody really knows what the film is about. We don't know who lives. We don't know who dies. We don't know if Thanos rules the world. But we'll all find out soon enough. But part of the entertainment of a press junket where nobody has seen the film, it falls to your moderator. And I have to say, the best moderator ever for a press junket, we had the grandmaster of Sakaar himself, uh, Jeff Goldblum, moderated. And hilarity ensued for the entire afternoon. Uh, with a very interesting bingo-style Q&A session, uh, and Jeff having just too much fun. 
throwing little bingo balls at people, um, you know, just totally entertaining. He was worth the price of admission. I would have paid to go to that press conference uh, thanks to Jeff Goldblum. And all I can say to Kevin Feige, when is the Grandmaster getting his own film? Uh, and for Disney, you better hire Jeff to do moderate every, every Q&A that you have at a press conference because uh, he is amazing. But to give you, a, before the girls join us and we shift into classic film mode, of course, 50 years from now, people will undoubtedly be calling the Marvel films and the characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they will be classic films in their own right. Uh, so 50 years from now, everybody will look back and speak with great love and affection and awe about a film like Avengers Infinity, Infinity War, much the way you're going to hear us talking about these great films uh, that are at TCM Film Festival this year. But right now, uh, I'll let you take a listen to um, the grandeur and hilarity, uh, a little bit of that, and uh, my conversation with Tom Hiddleston uh, following the Grandmaster himself, Jeff Goldblum. Please welcome your host, the Grandmaster himself, Jeff Goldblum. Excuse me. All right. Hello, everybody. I guess that's my entrance music. Look at this. Look, 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 look. Thank you for coming, everybody. Thank you very, very much. So nice to see you. So nice to see you. So this is a big, this is a big uh, movie. Do you know how many superhero superstars are in this movie? Well, well, no, 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 no. It's exactly, I think I figured it out, the, the, the um, sum of the addition of many movie titles, seven, add up seven, the movie with, of course, Brad Pitt, and Hateful Eight, Quentin Tarantino, uh, nine, of course, the musical with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Ten, long before you were born, Bo Derek. Um, 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 Ocean's Eleven, the original with Frank Sinatra. Twelve Angry Men, who was in that? Henry Fine, exactly right. Directed by Sidney Lumet, exactly right. Um, Friday the 13th, plus 101 Dalmatians, plus 300. <laughs> 300 is that Gladiator move, plus 1 million BC with Raquel Welsh, and you have exactly, I do believe, the number of superstars, or I may be incorrect, off by a couple. In any case, a big movie like this calls for a grand uh, affair like this for a press conference, and that's why I guess I'm here in my grandmaster of ceremonies, colors, and costume, because uh, I'm going to facilitate this hour-long conference in which I hope you'll all leave deeply satiated. Um, uh, because they're all he here, believe it or not. And so without further ado, what the heck is behind our curtain, Don Pardo? Wow. Wow. Look at that, Kevin Feige. Look at all of them. Hi, Tom. Hi, Anthony Maggie. Hi, you guys. More about oh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, hello. Hey, so just to make sure everybody's here. Hello, Josh Brolin. I used to see you at the gym. Oh, I guess uh, there's music that goes with this, too. Hi, Peter Parker. Hi. Hi, Leticia. So let's introduce everybody, of course. Uh, Denai Guerrera. Denai Guerrera. So nice to see you. Of course, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. 
Of course, Anthony Russo. Anthony Russo. Josh Brolin, for heaven's sake. Josh, playing Thanos. Joe Russo. Who's older, Joe or Anthony? Really? Interesting. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, my gosh, in heaven. And Paul Bettany. Paul, so nice to see you with your desert boots. My gosh. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict. Chris Pratt. Chris. Chris. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Feige. Come on, Kevin Feige. Robert Downey Jr. Look at that. Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. The great Zoe Saldana. Chris Hemsworth. My God in heaven. It's not a man, it's a God. He's a God. And Letitia Wright. Oh, God. Uh, Winston Duke. Winston Hi, Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Elizabeth. Elizabeth Olsen. Mark Ruffalo. The great Mark Ruffalo. And Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Oh, darn. Sebastian Stan. Look at that, Sebastian. Anthony Mackey, so nice to see you, Anthony Mackey. Tom Clementieff. Tom, so nice to see you. Uh-oh, Benedict, where are you going? So here's, here's the way this is going to go. This is a, you've seen this for many uh, game shows. I'm going to, to do this. They call this, you know what they call this? I just learned it today. This is the hopper. This is a hopper. Is it the superstar, superhero hopper, or the Dennis hopper? <laughs> well, we'll go once like this, and now... Oh, because I didn't tell you how this works, because I'm going to take a ping-pong ball, and on these balls are people's names. Um, and if you have question for, a question for one of those people, I will call on you. That's when to raise your hand. Or there may be a category that will suggest one of the people up here for which you may have a question, from which I'm then going to choose. You get the idea? Okay, watch and see if this you get it? see if this falls how quickly this falls apart. Who has a question for the great? Um, yes, please. The lovely, lovely lady, right there. Loveliest of ladies. Well, Loki is by far my favorite character in the Marvel universe, with Falcon and slash Rhodey quickly behind him. But I'm curious for you, Tom, who is your favorite character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and why? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, who's your favorite? I just sat here with all my friends. Um, I, that's a really good question. I, uh, I pick somebody. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick anybody, actually. Um, but, <laughs> uh, my brother from another mother. Um, no, th listen, it's, it's, I am astonished that I'm still here, uh, <laughs> as, as you may be, and um, Loki has fallen through a wormhole, and, uh, and 
faked his own death. Um, and I never, honestly, never expected to be playing this part for so long. I think many people can say that. And the, the, the great privilege that I've had is working with every single person on this stage, working even with the gentleman moderator um, we have in our, in our midst. And they're all great. And it's, every time, it's like a different dance. And this, the thing that, because Kevin and everybody who works at Marvel and all the writers, the writing has been so great. Um, they create these characters with such precision that what happens in the space between those characters is always unique. And you're guaranteed to see that tomorrow night. So, unfortunately, I don't get to go to the premiere tonight. But I will get to see the wonder that is Avengers Infinity War uh, tomorrow. So, next week after opening weekend, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about it on next week's show. Um, but let me give you a heads up, too. An incredible film oh, just opened this weekend. Traffic. Uh, written and directed by Dion Taylor. Um, everyone knows my great affection uh, and respect for Dion as a human being and as a filmmaker. I am so proud of Dion and what he has done with Traffic. Uh, it is a film that starts, it's a hybrid. It starts as a love story, as, as a drama. And it morphs into a thriller about sex trafficking. And what is very interesting is Dion's inspiration for this film was when he got an email from his 12-year-old daughter's school uh, in the Sacramento area to do not take your children to the mall, do not drop them off alone, uh, because children, 11 to, uh, 11 to age 22, but primarily 11 to 16, uh, were being kidnapped and sex, tra sex trafficked. Needless to say, as a loving father, that didn't sit well. And Dion went into research mode to find out the credibility and to find out what uh, the story was. And he was so distressed by it and so moved by it that he wrote, sat down and wrote Traffic. Uh, it is in theaters now. I believe it's going even wider next week. But next Monday, Dion is going to be with us live uh, talking about traffic. And I am so th excited to have him on the show. Um, that just, we've been trying to coordinate schedules with his films the past few years from Supremacy, uh, Meet the Blacks, uh, but now finally schedules will match up. So he will be live next week. And I'm just very, very thrilled. Oh, and Pam is sitting here playing with the phones because, so before, D so next, so I'm telling you, Go see Traffic this week. Go see it this coming weekend because, let's face it, Avengers Infinity War is going to sell out everywhere. So if you want to see it, you're not going to be able to see it. But for a real thrill ride film, Traffic will deliver. It's also beautiful. It has, it's very film noir. Dante Spinotti is a cinematographer on it. Um, so that is my alternative to, to Avengers Infinity War when you can't get in the theater. So, as soon as Pam finishes playing with the red light, she's going to bring all our lovely ladies live, and we're going to shift gears and talk TCM Film Festival. Okay.
All right, Pam, you can bring them all live. All of them. Are you? You're all there. I now have non-blinking lights. You're all there, Kelly. You're hello. there. You there, Cal? Hello, hello. And Aurora, I'm you're th- Aurora's there. I'm here. And Kristen's here. Yes, I am. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Instead of the boys are back, the girls are back. And very soon they're all going to be back in town. I know Aurora's already here. I want to hear how the new. The new Skechers are holding up, though. How are they? Amazing. I did a lot of walking and <laughs> even a little bit of rock climbing yesterday at Iverson Ranch, and they held up beautifully. Okay. You know, this is an important factor for the, our TCM Film Festival listeners out there, and I know there are a lot of you that listen to this show every year for this reason, because um, the girls always have really great tips. And walking through Hollywood is you do so much of it that that's why when I saw Aurora posting, she had gotten new shoes for this festival. I was determined to have her give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. So, (laughs) and so guess who's going to go to Skechers and buy themselves a pair of shoes. There you go. (laughs) Yes. And, And, you know, I can't overstate how important it is to wear comfortable shoes during this festival. Um, I've had a hard time with my feet, and this is just wonderful. It's working out great. Yeah, because there's a lot of standing in lines. I think we would all agree that that's probably the hardest part is you have to be prepared to stand in line. Not only is it standing, but it's dashing to the next event (laughs) if you're running close, too. (laughs) Look, as long as Aurora and I can get a quad espresso at Starbucks, we're happy. That's right. <laughs> That's the other secret. <laughs> you know, or as our beloved Margaret O'Brien, as long as she can get her cinema hot dogs in the man in the, you know, Chinese six upstairs, she's happy at a festival. So, you know, we have our important priorities. But, you know, this is That's this, right. this is now going to be our second festival without Robert Osborne. And mm-hmm. I know we were feeling it a lot last year since because he had just passed. Uh, but now this year, you know, I, we're honoring Robert. The festival's honoring him with the first annual Robert Osborne Award. As diehard TCM aficionados and fans, how excited are the three of you to see Robert's legacy being ingrained like this? I think it's an amazing way to honor him. But now, and now, Marty, yeah, Marty Scorsese. Marty Scorsese is the honoree. So, what do we think about that? And the fact Leo DiCaprio is presenting. The twelve-year-old in me is, I think, very excited <laughs> that, that Leo is going to be in the vicinity. <laughs> I Chris, yeah. the the only thing that would excite Kristen more, I think, would be if Oscar Isaac was doing the presentation. Um, I would, you would find me passed out on the streets of Hollywood. You just have to walk over my corpse if that were to happen. (laughs) Now, you know, the theme this year, powerful words, the page on screen, we're all writers. So how excited are each of you? Because there has long been, been discussion. And I think you all know that I, I encourage more often than not any adaptations, read the book. 
read the book because the, the script suffers in comparison to the book. People just have a problem with adaptations. Um, and there's always something, typically there's something lost in the translation. But now this year, TCM Film Festival is honoring the written word on the silver screen. From original screenplays to adaptations, uh, films about writers. You know, what, as writers, how do you guys feel about the written word finally being honored with its own theme? It definitely makes me happy because I feel like kind of a nerd because I I have a master's in English. So I, I spent a lot of my college career reading and so when they announced this, I was I was sitting here thinking of like all the the things, the movies that they could have included. Um, so I'm happy that there's like a sub subsection I think on Sunday that they're going to do Shakespeare adaptations. So like my inner Shakespeare nerd is going to be coming out. Um, it's also screenwriters. It, it shows the different formats that I think literature can take, whether it's just adapt work or just a screenwriter being inspired by somebody else's writing to create powerful prose of their own. So I think there's a lot of different ways to take it. I think we complained, or at least I complained a little bit last year that they had a really good theme that they didn't really apply. But this year, I think uh, I think they've done a great job uh, adhering to the theme and giving us uh, a bunch of movies to be excited about. And what about the two of you, Kelly and Aurora? What's your what's your take on this year's theme yeah. and, and how it's being implemented with I, the films uh, that they've scheduled? Um, I'm with Kristen. I think that uh, traditionally um, for this is going to be my sixth festival, they've been very, the TCM has been very lax um, at adhering to the theme. Uh, but I think this year it's, it's, uh, it's a different story. I think that they're doing a really nice job of honoring um, the page on screen as the theme dictates, and also the behind-the-scene processes. So it's yeah, I'm very excited about it. And what about for you, think, Kelly? You know, when I was just gonna say, and I think that we're lucky to, in the classic era, especially having great examples of the written word that is is translated onto the screen. There's so many choices. It would be tough not to have a good slot of options because that's something that, you know, you have to have. And the most successful, most exciting films that we can see and enjoy is because often of that writing. Um, For example, something that, you know, someone who's a favorite I know of Aurora and I is Billy Wilder and to be able to see, you know, Mm. someone like him who could both direct and write and to see Sunset Boulevard up on the big screen is pretty exciting stuff. Well, I know one of the films I'm excited about with the theme of writing is actually A Letter to Three Wives. Um, I think that, you know, what the adaptation, you know, the adaptation of Klempner's, uh, of Klempner's Letter to, Th- to Five Wives, I think, is just so well done. Uh, and it surprised, it really surprised me using a narrative format uh, and then these different perspectives of this letter that is being written. Um, and Joseph Mankiewicz directed, uh, wrote and directed. Yeah. yeah. So, and of course, who doesn't love a Mankiewicz? Kristen. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> okay, or in Kristen's case, the hair and, of a Mankiewicz. 
It's always amazing. What, Kel? I was just going to say it's really cool that they're going to have a Mankiewicz family segment at Club TCM, too, this year. I know. I, it's so exciting when you... Yeah, I'm, with I'm multi- actually thinking of changing my last name after I see that presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm only going to change if I can get Ben's hair. I mean, Kristen's right. You've been saying this oh, for right, years. Right. He, you know, he, ha- he has the best <laughs> hair. We all like Ben's hair. <laughs> I, everybody likes Ben's hair. But, you know, what... <laughs> You know, and you mentioned uh, the Shakespeare aspect, and we're getting the original Midsummer's Night's Dream, 1935. Um, something that I would have loved to have seen scheduled, because there have been various incarnations of it, to do to show more than one. Um, you know, with with quite a few of these films, we have A Star Is Born. We've had what three versions already. We're going to be treated to the 1937 version, and now we've got a fourth one on the way, which. I'm I'm reserving comment till after it's done and I see it. <laughs> but there's something about Brad, right. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and Star is Born. I I just don't I can't wrap my head around. You're you're kinder yeah, than yeah, I am. I'm I've been sure. telling everybody for the last 6 months I think it's going to be horrible. You know, I won't dismiss a film until I've actually seen it and it is structurally just a train wreck. Um and that, that's one of the beauties of the lineup this year. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we don't have any train wrecks of a film. Yes, you know. No, yes, it, I agree. Anything, even the midnight screening we're excited to go see. Which, which ones do you have slotted that you're planning to see? For the midnight screening? Um, yeah. In general on the schedule? Yeah, which midnight ones are you interested in seeing, or that you would recommend? Well, we got to see Night of the Living Dead. That's that's a no-brainer right there. Get it? No brain. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, extremely high quality for a midnight screening. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean that that truly is surprising me with some of these films that we have. Of course, I don't know if you guys are planning on seeing it. One of my all-time favorite films, which speaks directly to the film's theme, newspaper work, His Girl Friday. I, Kelly, you, yeah. you tell me you're not going to miss Cary Grant. Well, uh, that's just it. I, it's <gasps> funny because Cary Grant is, is both Aurora and I, uh, well, he's somehow a shared boyfriend, although that's debatable, I'm sure, with my husband, but... Um, that's a tough plot, though, because the Oxbow incident is right in contrasting with it. And there's something about a really good Western up on the big screen, mm-hmm. especially if someone like Scott Iman is introducing it. So I don't know what to do. This ah. It's, you know, it's like Cary Grant. You yeah, there are. I found to. that's one of those time slots. And I found quite a few of them that. There's a no-brainer choice at first glance, which is His Girl Friday, but then there's a couple of other right. really great movies up against it. Exactly. That's what they do to us yeah. in festivals, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious for each of you, do the guest speakers, are they impacting the choices that you're making? 
You know, because in the yeah. past it was very difficult. I mean, we had Debbie yeah. Reynolds, we had Mickey Rooney, you know, we had the the truest, the stars of the golden age, the first few festivals. Of course, as time passes, unfortunately, so do many of our beloved uh, cinematic stars and yeah. icons. But, you know, we're getting... But you know, it doesn't have to be the star itself right. who's in the film, and we know that that train is going to continue to pull away from the station as time goes on but there are other speakers that i look for that can really make the experience Mm -hmm. and you know yeah now for each of you let me start with Kristen. what speaker what guest speaker are you anxious or interested to see that you made your film choice on because of the speaker so there's there's actually that I have. Um, I'm planning to. I'm planning to go see Hamlet. I wasn't going to because um, I saw the play in New York and I figured that I'd seen any very future version that needed to be made. Um, but Alan Cummings is going to be the um, intro speaker for that, and I missed an opportunity to actually see him when I went to see Hamlet in New York. So I feel like the fates are um, are, are aligning. So that means I have to go see it now. Um, and then the uh, Women in Animation panel, which mm-hmm. I had told everybody before my, my schedule was going to revolve around going to see Maurice, mm-hmm. but they put that panel right at the same time, which I'm pretty sure was an attempt by TCM to screw with me personally. So I, <laughs> as much as I want to go see Maurice, I can't turn down going to see <laughs> Brenda Chapman and women animators that worked on The Little Mermaid, which is like the movie that defined my life. So I, I, those are That's the two awesome. biggies where I, I'm purely going just to see the, the people in attendance. Okay, so The Little Mermaid is beating out James Ivory. Uh, well, I, I figure if I go see the conversation with James Ivory the day before, that I will make up for, for missing Maurice. <laughs> oh. And now what about for you, Aurora? Uh, is there any film that you pick based um, on the speaker? Well, I'm with Kristen on Hamlet because um, I wasn't going to, I wasn't planning to see Hamlet until uh, Alan Cumming was uh, announced. Um, Sunset Boulevard, um, Kelly already mentioned, it's one of my favorite movies ever made. Uh, and I wouldn't go see it because I've seen it dozens of times, if not for Nancy Olsen. And uh, None Shall Escape um, with Marsha Hunt, I really want to see as well. Let me just say that I've been checking the schedule uh, every day, several times every day, <laughs> to see if they're adding Jacqueline Bissett and Michael York to Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would absolutely make it um, can't miss for me on that Friday night. So I'm hoping that happens. You know, and the thing is, they're both going to be there speaking at other films. So exactly. it makes perfect sense uh, that you would yeah. take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, sometimes I never quite understand the logistics of that. Uh, when you have that golden opportunity or you have like Jennifer Grant, Jennifer w- would be more than happy to come and introduce a film of her father's again, like His Girl Friday or something. Right. Um, and she was yeah. wonderful, too. Oh, when she did a couple years mm-hmm. ago. Still, one of my favorite red carpet interviews that I have done has been with Jennifer. Right. But now, what about for you, Kel? What, what film, what speaker has spoken to you that has made you decide to go to see 
a particular film? Well, you know, sometimes it's um, it's it's not necessarily like some big celebrity. Sometimes it's, although you know, sometimes it is. So, like the big Lebowski adding Jeff Bridges, <laughs> that's pretty big time. Um, that would be fun to do. Uh, but at the same time, sometimes it's someone who has really good insight. That's either a biographer or a tech person that really gives you these cool inside skinny info. Uh, like Donald Vogel or something like that, where you just kind of, like, maybe they're speaking about it from either a historian or a filmmaker's perspective, Mm -hmm. which gives really nice insight. So, I mean, Sunset Boulevard is definitely a big one for me, like Aurora said, but I just want to point out that Aurora is the one who actually introduced me to the film, which sounds crazy, but um, it's one of those films, I think we all have these films that, somehow slipped through the cracks and we should have seen, but somehow never got around to seeing. And one day, you know, a few years back, I admitted to Aurora that I hadn't seen it yet. She's like losing her mind. And so then I finally saw it. And I was uh, thinking, why didn't I see this before? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I can honestly say the, the film I absolutely have to see, which I have seen hundreds of times already, The Ten Commandments on Sunday... Uh. Because Ben Burt, Academy Award-winning sound designer Ben Burt, is going to be speaking. Yeah. And I cannot miss that. I'm, I'm sure that Steve Lee, who just was on the show last week, and we did another whole show on sound, and he's the founder of the Hollywood Sound Museum. Uh, and we've had, we had Bill Varney's Oscar here in studio last week. Let me tell you, ladies, oh. that's fun to get to hold oh. an Oscar. Uh, but yeah. I know that he was, he was trying to have Ben call in and he was tied up, but it's just hearing him speak and speak about a film that is about Cecil B. DeMille, right. a film that is so majestic and such a part of the multi-generational zeitgeist for decades. I, you know, I can't. Yeah. For, also in that venue, and I love, you know, that, I love that the work that they've too. done in the past where they've each presented with the, whether it's uh, Ben and, and Craig, um, you know, when they did, uh, you know, Robin Hood, yep. kind of behind the scenes behind about the arrow and all that. And then they did uh, Gunga Dean uh, the following year after that. And that was a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that's one reason I love having Steve uh, on the show, because Steve is he's a he's a film historian. But more importantly, he is a sound effects historian. So he has so many of the original masters of these original sounds, like the Robin Hood Arrow. And to learn the stories behind all of these sounds that just punctuate the films and make them truly a sensory experience uh, is so Mm -hmm. it's so much fun. That's why, you know, these guests that they have that TCM brings in are so important and I hope a lot of people are like you guys that the, and you know, like what Kelly said, it doesn't have to be a star. It's who's going to impact, who's bringing the most to the table, who's going to educate me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a common denominator with classic film because as much as we all love it and are entertained by it, it's getting educated into the history of it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I still want to know why we're not getting Kevin Costner for Bull, for Bull Durham. Okay, that's that's my that's my lament. 
That's my right. point. <laughs> it seems to me like the guy's popping out a movie every few weeks, so maybe he's just on busy. <laughs> well, you he, know, and he's playing. He pl- seems to be more active in his in his uh, film roles in his later years than his younger years. Well, yeah, and we've got, and he's got his band. You know, he's got his band. Tony, he's a busy guy. You know, Modern West is playing all over the place. So, but yeah, but the fact that you know, it's great to have Ron Shelton for Bull Durham. Tim Robbins will be there. Um, I have my own. Right, yeah, that's cool. I have my own take on Tim Robbins, which I shall not divulge. Okay, really. <laughs> but. You know, what other guests are you guys looking forward to that you would recommend that people who are still undecided and still wrestling with their schedule for this festival? Um, well, well, I'll, I say, I'll um, throw the oh, Exorcist with William Friedkin in attendance. Um, I think a lot of people would turn away from that movie, but I remember that the Exorcist had been scheduled a few years ago Mm -hmm. and he uh backed out because he wasn't happy with the print i believe Mm -hmm. and so the fact that he's coming to introduce it this year um it's playing uh, at the tcl chinese theater with this crowd that's another big big uh, ticket item for me Mm -hmm. what about for you Kristen? Mm -hmm. Ooh, i mean there's a there's a lot of things that i i'm going back and forth on um i i'm definitely excited for Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, mainly because it's 3D. Why does that um, so not surprise I, me? I, I had a lot of good fun with the 3D movies when I went and saw Kiss Me Kate, so I definitely urge a lot of people to go take the time to see a 3D movie, uh, even if it's something you've already seen. Um, and they're also doing Lever to Heaven and Nitrate, which I, I'm so excited about. Okay. Um, I was just debating gonna... on whether I'm going to go see Heaven Can Wait, because it's got Diane Cannon uh, and Buck Henry but it conflicts with where the boys are poolside. So, again, so many tough decisions. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned Leave Her to Heaven, a nitrate film. This is a real, real treat for any film lover out there. When you can see, last year we all got to see Black Narcissus, which uh, in nitrate, Mm -hmm. that was beyond breathtaking. It was spellbinding. The color, the cinematography, absolutely stunning. We all know how beautiful Lever to Heaven is on the prints that we see when TCM airs it. But to see, I can't wait to see it, nitrate print at the Egyptian and really see Leon Shamroy's cinematography just pop off that screen. Yeah. Yeah, people uh, need to get online um, early for that one. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so, too. And and what about for you, Cal? Which which other ones are you? Anybody in particular that's well, you influenced? Know, and, and I just found out that uh, Marsha Hunt, um, you know, film legend and, of course, one of the infamous blacklisted, um, you know, victims of the HUAC, you know, she's going to be in attendance and she is also going to be at Larry Edmonds' uh, bookstore mm-hmm. uh it was just announced on sunday morning so sometimes when when people come to this fest they need to understand that there is a plethora of you know you can go to screenings you can go to club tcm and they've got unique cool things there 
you could just hang out in the Roosevelt lobby and see some cool people, and then you can do things. Which is where I'm calling from, by the way. Well, uh, we feel we feel <laughs> that presence. We feel that presence, Aurora. You are in the Roosevelt <laughs> right now. You know all those ghostly exactly. spirits. Like, that's, I, it just honestly, like if if anyone is a film fan, but especially a classic film fan, they have to come to this festival because they have to understand that this is something that is such an experience. Well, you're, every type of film fan is going to find something at this festival. Well, yeah, and and Kristen, you mentioned where the boys are. Um, you know, right. You know, we do have we've got and we've got Bull Durham. You know, we're getting into films in the 1980s. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Maurice, 1987 film, Bull Durham, a 1988 film. Um, I of course am am leaning leaning heavily towards. The 1925 Phantom of the Opera uh, Uh that will have the live orchestra accompaniment with that. Um, So it's, but everything, it's just. Yeah, and that's something that, again, not everyone's going to experience in their town necessarily. Depending on what part of the country you live in, you may not get those kind of opportunities to see some of these films on a big screen or see something like a silent film accompanied by live music and mm-hmm. orchestra. So now are not an, an everyday film. Right. Are any of you three going to the producers on Thursday night, the opening night film? I am not that I'm cool. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm saying I'm not in the cool kids list of <laughs> Well, I'll be on the I'll be on Which, the red honestly, carpet. Honestly, I would love to go to that. Just if anything, to see the the Bob Osborne um, mm-hmm. award. I think that that alone would be so cool to go see. You know, I would love to have seen that broken out into its own event. Me too. <laughs> and not tied in with the yeah. opening night, the producers. Um, I agree, hundred percent. I know a lot of a lot of press are, are figuring that. You know, Marty Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio will be walking the red carpet. I highly doubt it. Right. I really doubt it. If they do, I will be. I agree. I will be shocked. Yeah. They're going to sneak him in the back way, yeah. just like they did with Cher a couple of years ago. I uh, really yeah. hope not. I hope that they do walk the red carpet, but. But you know, we yeah. understand. We understand. There's yeah. there's going to be an, enough other people. Walking the red carpet. I'm still waiting for the, my final list. Kristen, are you on the red carpet this year? I have no idea. I haven't heard back. Ah. Yes, we are waiting for confirmations, but I do know I'm on the carpet. George Pinocchio and I know we are on the carpet. Uh, so. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they could have that red carpet without you. <laughs> well, you you guys know how much I love this festival. I mean, this is, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's by the way, besides the movies and and the, the guest stars, yeah, it's also the lifelong friendships we've made that we meet up every year, like-minded. We love these movies and spending time together. So that's a huge draw. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, really be, is. beyond doing hashtag TCM party on Twitter all the time, right? Or exactly. on or on exactly. Facebook, going to TCM Film Festival group. Um, and I can't believe I, I'm so excited by how many new members 
in the Going to TCM Film Festival group we have this year that they're coming for the first time to the festival. Um, I'm reading all yes. of their posts, and it's very, very exciting to see yeah. the surge in love and appreciation for classic film. And you can tell yeah. that a lot of I was the, very the happy people that are coming for the yeah, first time. About all the new members coming they, this year, too, for the first time. And, and I think that's really cool because you can tell they've been fans their whole life, and they've been watching TCM for many years, but this will be their first time coming to the festival. Now, you know, something important yeah. that I, I want, number one, um, and Aurora, because you're at the Roosevelt, you're in a better position to warn people about this who are coming in early for the festival because mm-hmm. Hollywood Boulevard is currently closed down for the Avengers Infinity War premiere tonight. Yes, it is very seriously closed down uh, for the block in front of the TCL Chinese Theater and the entire block uh, where the Roosevelt is. They have people already who have spent the night on the um, on the sidewalk waiting for the uh, people in the movie, you know, obviously no to, to walk through. But it's difficult to navigate. It's difficult to cross streets. You have to walk a few blocks. So be prepared if you're coming in today or, yeah, today or tonight. And, of course, they did announce this morning that those streets are going to be closed until at least 4 o'clock tomorrow. That this premiere, wow. it's so big. Yeah, it's so big and so massive. By the time they get everything erected, apparently, that it's going to take until four o'clock tomorrow for it to all wow. calm down. Aurora, are you are you guys coming and going through like back entrances today? Um, to be honest with you, this is the first time that I spent any. I did walk through the Roosevelt, but. Um, before when I got here, this is the first day that I actually came and wanted to walk down the street and things like that. Um, (laughs) I was able to go down to the far corner, not the corner nearest the entrance, and then you can cross the street there. Um, If you're driving, you're going to have to come, you know, down the side street to park um, or to use the valet. Um, it's not horrible, but it is the two main streets in front, you know, where everything's happening. But wait till tonight. You don't want to set foot yeah. out of the hotel tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, now very- we're, yeah, we're going sightseeing away from here and then we'll have dinner and then come back <laughs> at midnight. Um, yeah, I want right, exactly, to exactly. ask Kristen a very important thing, and we hear about this every year, and I know this is a passion of yours, is for the disabled community and navigating and the theater seating. You know, what kind of suggestions do you have, you know, for people from the disabled community that come to the festival for getting around, for getting seated properly at the theaters? So there's there's two ways that people with mobility issues predominantly need right. to approach all of this, which is getting from A to B, and once you get to where you are. Um, so, like, walking the streets, um, you know, the farther down you get p- around the Egyptian theater, the, the streets are less congested. But, you know, if you do use a wheelchair or a cane or a walker or whatever you have, um, just be prepared for people to not pay attention to not look where they're going. Um, so you will have to be vigilant about making sure you don't get, you know, bumped in by people. Um, and the further down you get past um, probably about 
Musso and Franks. Um, the sidewalks and the crosswalks do have a tendency to be very torn up. Mm-hmm. So if you are like me yeah. and you have wheels that don't go smoothly over cracked asphalt, um, you might need to stop and definitely check both ways and make sure that you have a couple of extra seconds to get over those um, ripped walkways to get to where you're going safely. Um, and then, yeah, as far as seating, um, thankfully the the seating is not nearly as atrocious as it is in um, other festivals or other theaters. Um I don't know if it's necessarily a passion of mine or just more of a constant irritant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Egyptian and, and um, the the Egyptian especially, it was retrofitted for the disabled. So that means that you get to navigate a delightfully steep ramp. It's about a 90-degree angle, so I urge people to not do that mm-hmm. by themselves because if you get down, you are not getting back up. Um, and I think the yeah. Egyptian only has about three three handicapped wheelchair spaces, mm-hmm. um, not companion seats. Uh-huh. Um, the, the multiplex and the TCL have more options because those are bigger theaters. But the best suggestion I usually get is get there early and go up to uh, the employee as first, you know, whoever is running the festival. Sometimes, you know, at the Egyptian, in their case, the manager does walk around a lot and just yeah. let them know you're there um, and that you need handicap accommodations and they will – um, do their best to seat you somewhere so that you don't miss out. Um, I, I wish TCM was a bit more diligent and separated the wheelchair seating from mm-hmm. everybody else and let them in first because you know you have three you know wheelchair seats, 17 people in wheelchairs show up. You can at least tell them that the odds of them getting a seat in their wheelchair is not going to be good, um, but they haven't done that yet. So I just recommend once idea. you get to whatever yeah. theater you're in, let the TCM volunteers know that you're there. Sometimes they make you wait somewhere else if the line is really long. Um, they don't make you wait. So it's 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 different wherever whichever theater you're going to. Mm-hmm. But I and thank you so much for imparting all of that because I know that there are people that ask about accommodations and mobility and getting around. And I know that th- you have been talking about this on social media quite a bit about, you know, inadequate accommodations and seating in theaters. So, you know, thank you for sharing that because I know a lot of a lot of the moviegoers are going to appreciate that, Kristen. You know, so yay! I keep I keep telling TCM to hire me as a disabled uh, festival consultant. They haven't taken <laughs> me up on that yet, but I remain oh, hopeful well. every year. <laughs> Well, I think, it, you know, after this festival, because uh, as you know, Kristen, we always get the email at the end of the festival as press, you know, what could have been better? What could have been this? What could have been that? I truly hope that you include these suggestions uh, for the mobility issues and the disabled issues. I hope you include them in your suggestions that get sent back to TCM after the festival ends. I will, but I don't think I thought press didn't get those surveys. I don't get one. It's hard to think I've been slighted. <laughs> well, no, I get an email that says, "So, what'd you think? You got any suggestions?" Of course, that could be. I think they just like. I think they respect your opinion more than they respect. I'm starting to think that you're yeah. just you're just cooler than me, Debbie. <laughs> well, I did have. I, I, look, I did have drinks with the king of Wakanda yesterday, so. Exactly. See that ex- that explains it. That, that, that explains I'm not it. worthy. Now. Where are you <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was that was a fluke. Um, but no, a huge shout out to Chadwick. He was he is a perfect gentleman. He is lovely, 
His team is great. Um, but yeah, after the press conference and he had time to kill and I said, Hey, would you like to join me for a drink? And yes. So there you go. You know, when you're hanging out with the king of Wakanda, you know, come on. (laughs) Everything else is second. Yeah. I mean, that's all you need. (laughs) So, you know. As we count down the days now, you know, something else that people seem to forget about is they do need to eat during the festival. Yeah. And this is a constant. What's eating? Well, <laughs> I, I, I realize. I realize. But what are your best suggestions to people as they're dashing and darting? Besides Margaret O'Brien's idea of just eating movie hot dogs in the Chinese six. Yeah, I, I do recommend that the um, the Cinep- or the the Chinese multiplex in the um, Highland Center. They just opened a bunch of restaurants right outside the door um, that are kind of like dash yeah. and go places where you like go down the line and you, they include stuff. They have like a poke place that's really good. Um, and all of them are really affordable. They're perfect for on the go stuff, and you can move really quickly. Um, and get into the theater, yeah. it's right there. So I definitely recommend, yeah, once you get to the Chinese theater, go outside the back entrance, and there is a wealth of food that you can get easy access to. And uh, if the line's long enough, you can eat it in plenty of time to wait uh, in line before you get into the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah that's, a, that's a great suggestion. I would also tell people just to bring snacks with them as well. And water. Um, sometimes, yep. if it's a if it's a movie that's going to be very very popular, you may be online an hour or more. And if you ha- if you're prepared with a few snacks, and definitely always carry water with you, you should do fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that you brought that up about the, about the little strip mall type dash and go uh, places to eat outside, upstairs outside uh, the Chinese com- Chinese Six complex because last year. Most, I think there was only one open. They were still under construction with that last year. So we didn't really have that option. Mm-hmm. So it's that. Well, and, and, yeah. And, and you just, like, like Aurora said, too, you know, you just never know how long you're going to be in a line. If you want to get to a popular right. line, you have to get there early, and then you're kind of stuck. Or, you know, you may find yourself, as we all do, we think we've got it all figured out. We've got it all planned out, and then we decide to go to a completely plan B situation. So sometimes you do have to eat on the fly because that's your only option. But of and, course, um, if co- but of course, if everybody yeah. gets a chance to set aside for one good dinner, you got to go to Musso and Frank's or Maselli's. I agree. Yes, that that yeah. is, that is for, an, sure. for anybody coming into this festival. Those are two Hollywood dining experiences that you must experience. So now we've got about five minutes left in the show, so I want to ask each one of you, for those people that have not yet finished their scheduling, top ten movies that they must see at this festival. Mm-hmm. Kelly, you start. Top ten, you said? Top ten. Or top five. How do we do top five oh, movies you must see? Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. Well, this is in no particular order, then. Um, it doesn't have to be in order. No. Yeah. I would say, you know, Lever to Heaven is definitely on my list. Um, 
because of the nitrate, but then again, it's up against the exorcist with low inclusion, so that's a tough one. Um, I think that Sunset Boulevard is definitely on my list uh, because, hell, Sunset Boulevard. And, of course, you know, ha- comes with discussion as well, so that's a great one. I, I also think everyone has to see, you know, at least one at Grauman's because mm-hmm. that's the experience itself. Um, definitely plan on seeing Night of the Living Dead for midnight screening because that's a lot of fun. And I'll probably be delirious by that point, so that's kind of appropriate. Um, let's see. What else? What else? What else? I'm trying to think. I honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing The Black Stallion. It's one of my favorite films. Oh. It's just beautifully, just such a visual film, and it's a sweet film. And to see it up on the big screen would be a cool thing for me. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? What else? Ah, there's so much. Uh, Outrage, I think that one will be a great one, mm-hmm. um, again, in the Egyptian. And there's so many, there's really a lot of good pre-codes. Yes. So, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Girls About Town or, um, you know, there are, there are some good noirs as well, but Finishing School, which is going to be introduced by Wyatt McRae and Jeremy Arnold, mm-hmm. that one should be really good, too. Um I don't know where I'm at with this list. Well, okay, Aurora, <laughs> you jump in. You're five. Five picks. Um, you know, I'm going to kind of cheat, Debbie, because Kelly and I have incredibly similar tastes in movies. Okay. So rather than read, Every you know, time. than read and mention the same ones, I'm going to. My suggestion to people is to go see the nitrates. You're probably not going to be able to see that, um, you know, that format near you. If you live in a city or a state that you don't where you they don't show you know these type of older movies, I would suggest go see the older classics mm-hmm. because they're going to be rarer to find in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my third yep. suggestion, as I've told good friends that I'm on this trip with, is if you have not seen a movie, you know, make those choices as well because again. Watching the movies, whatever movie with this audience in these venues yeah. cannot be repeated. So That's right. So those are my three um, suggestions. Sure. Okay, Kristen, your turn. So um, I love that they're doing a lot of Disney stuff this year. They're showing Mickey Mouse shorts, and they're doing a Mickey at 90 special. So I definitely recommend uh, doing those if you can. Um, we said Weaver to Heaven. That's on um, a must. One of the poolside screenings is always uh, great. I, I highly recommend doing that. Um, and because I probably am not going to go, I want people to go and then tell me how stupid I am for not going. Maurice and Grand Prix. Grand Prix is three hours, and it's too far for me to get to, but it's got James Garner. And it's ama- I'm sure it's amazing because it's got James Garner. Um, and Maurice, if you love Call Me By Your Name, go see that. I'm assuming it's going to be just as good, but I'm not going to make it to either so somebody needs to go and let me live vicariously through them okay well you can live vicariously <laughs> okay. through me because i have to see grand prix i have yay to see, thank I have you to see that. <laughs> and i'm actually very disappointed that that jim's daughter the Gigi, isn't going to be there um that makes me sad when you have the children that are living and, and work so hard to to preserve the parents' and she's legacy. She's on Twitter, too. She's, Gigi's very active on social media. 
Uh, so I'm really surprised that she is not going to be there to talk about Grand Prix. Uh, but no, you can live vicariously through me because I've got to see Grand Prix. My recommendations would obviously be Phantom of the Opera with a live orchestra. That That's a treat that you're never going to have a second chance at unless you come to TCM Film Festival. Of course, Ben Burt talking, you know, after the Ten Commandments. Got to see that. And, you know, if I uh, leave her to heaven, we're all in agreement. Leave her to heaven. You know, we've got two other nitrate films. We've got Spellbound and the 1937 Star is Born nitrate. They're black and white nitrates. And anybody that is considering seeing the nitrate films, do yourselves a favor. See the color. See Leave Her to Heaven in beautiful, beautiful color. But then see one of the black and whites because that's really where silver nitrate, that's where silver screen, mm-hmm. the whole phrase comes from, is because the silver in the nitrate sparkles on the screen. And you can really see it in the black and white prints. Um, so I can't recommend that highly enough to see one of those. If you really want to experience... And by the way, is anyone going to the Roaring Twenties costume dress-up party? Because I almost convinced Aurora in my own mind, I almost convinced her that we should do that, but I don't think we're going to have the time. So I'm hoping someone will do that. (laughs) I don't dress up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't dress up. (laughs) So I yeah, I think my response out. was, "Are you kidding? That's three film swaps." Okay, see. <laughs> well, ladies, as but, you as usual, we are out of time. We could talk forever about TCM and film and what to do, what not to do, and impart wisdom on people. But we're now out of time, so everybody is going to have to hunt us down, hunt you guys down on social media. Aurora, they can find you at Citizen Screen or auroraginjoint.com. Kelly, your Iris Jayhawk 66 or kellypratt.com. Kristen, you're at Journeys Underlined Film or journeysinclassicfilm.com. Nessie, don't you love that, Kel, since you know I left all my notes at home today? I'm impressed because I did know that. (laughs) You told me that earlier today. I'm just impressed. Look at you go like a... I, like the pro that we know you are. I had printed out over 100 pages of the films, all my notes, all kinds of stuff. And I was an, I was an hour away from the house when it dawned on me driving. <laughs> oh, my God. I left it all sitting on top of the laptop in the dining room. <laughs> so, well, ladies, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I will see all of you, no, if, not, you. if not Wednesday. Definitely Thursday, but I think I'll see all of you on Wednesday at the meetup in the afternoon. Okay. But so thank you and for I having us on, Debbie. From all of you. And again, Paula, <laughs> I am so sorry that I went brain dead and forgot to invite you. So I hope she doesn't hate me too much. We love Paula. We love Paula. <laughs> but yes, she's the best. Uh, shout out to TCM Party, as you already did earlier. They brought a lot of us together, and it's going strong. So that's thanks to Paula. Mm -hmm. That is indeed. All right, guys, I will see you later this week. And as we always say at TCM, let's movie. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And as usual, we're over. That is all the time we have. So until next week. I'm Debbie Elias. This is Behind the Lens.